This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Rum, do you hear something? Yeah, what is that? It's a bird. No, it's a plane. No, it's not that. It's the best of the buzz with Bill. Is that right, eh? It's a good sign of things to come. Commentary on trending headlines with veteran AMI producer Bill Shackleton. Well, now. Billy! I say Shack! Yep, I'm back. Canadians rely on best before dates, even if it means, if it causes food waste. CTV News brings us this story, and it's interesting in Britain... They are. They have some major department stores have started to remove the best before dates on some of their foods. Not not dairy, of course, or or some meats. Essentially, there's there's a lot of confusion when it comes to best before dates. It, it you know there are foods like meat and dairy and baby formulas that basically you have to you know you have to you do have to do the best before dates. But there's a lot of stuff packaged foods that will last much longer. And basically, we in Britain, they figure they can save 30%, um, you know, of, of, of over up, you know, in, in 2030. So that's why there's they've started to do this, to, re, to remove this best before dates. Um, in a survey in this country, a thousand Nate Canes were surveyed, and only 20% want the labels removed and 15% would buy something if it didn't have a best before date. And it's, it's really, and I really think we have to educate, um, change our attitudes. I mean, here we are trying to save the landfill, save the environment, and we're throwing tons of stuff away. There's nothing wrong with it. And because we go by the best before date. A couple of weeks ago, we had this discussion because sometimes it seems as if people get confused. They do. With the date as, to, that's just when the food's the best before. It doesn't mean it spoils yeah, after the right. third because the date's on it or it goes yeah. bad or you better throw it out or you'll get sick. Opposed to, say, the expiry date, which means if it's certain foods you have to, you have to do after the expiry. You have to, you have to eat them and throw them out. So we got to change our attitudes I think we all sort of get caught in the best before date in that if it's past that date, it's like, oh, my goodness, yeah. no, we've got to put that out there. And it's like, no, no, it's not like that. And I, I think people sometimes, myself included, because I'm, you know, it's like, oh, no, it's best before that. So I'm not going to touch it. But it, I would rather that it just not be there and just, you know, Use your use your senses and realize whether something smells a bit off, looks a bit off, whatever the sense is you have to use, and I think that's important to do. Yeah, and and then maybe feeling the product if you can. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. exactly. Floppy disk in Japan, digital minister declares war on old technology. This is interesting. 
Now, when you think of Japan, right, you figure that they're really progressive and, and, and forward about, about new technology. But apparently, there's well over 100 government departments in Japan that still use fax machines and still use, uh-oh, the floppy disk. Oh, boy. To put that into perspective, it would take over 20,000 floppy disks to, <laughs> to put to put. 32 gigabytes on on a memory oh, stick. It's really amazing. Wow. That, wow. That really tells you that now there's there's actually a reason for this. Poor digital literacy, which again I find kind of strange. Poor digital, you know, Japan would be upfront about computers and technology and stuff. Um the other thing is that a conservative culture means that they're sticking to their old ways. I loved using the uh, floppy disks in school. And it was, I don't know what it was, but it was always that sound of like the the click when you knew it was inside the computer yeah, and then the little... Yeah, right, right. Like, yeah. And, and now... You mean the... the, the yeah. Or the... I should, I should just rely on you for the noises. That's I, sh- I shouldn't. Yeah. Sometimes it was but, the pleasant noise if something happened to the disc. You'd get the. <laughs> he didn't like that. Yeah, yeah no. It's, then you then you'd get a. Sorry, my disc didn't go in. I my homework's not saved. Oh, it was yet. scary if it didn't come out, especially if the label peeled. Yeah, right? I know. I don't know. I mean, it. I think I find this a bit of an oxymoron. And what is really interesting is, the previous digital minister admitted that he didn't even use a computer, that he couldn't. He relied on his staff to to get all the tasks done because he didn't know how to use one. I mean, how could you possibly be a minister and not know? But what can you say? percent is rude Mm. coming from the canadian press so they're calling it in this article tip fatigue and it happens when you know it seems that everywhere you go you know restaurants and especially these um, pay machines they are asking for money and people are very, getting very annoyed and very uncomfortable. Me. I'm people. Yeah, oh, me too. <laughs> me too. During the pandemic, you tipped because you felt sorry for everybody know, was in workers. Need. Yeah, that's right. And now it just seems that to me, these pay-as-you-go machines are are saying eighteen to thirty percent. Although, of course, you can put in your own amount. But people are intimidated by. When they see that, oh, I have to put this much in, put in your 15% and that's, and just forget it. Well, I mean, there's some places, Billy, where that you, before the pandemic went to, it was already built in. They said, we are including the tip and that, and they were higher end places generally that, that had that there, I guess their view was, if you can't afford this, you shouldn't be eating here. Should be here. Attitude, right? Some people, and, and again, I don't know what the reflection is 
if this is more of a, hey, if you ask for it, because we're Canadians, we're going to, oh, oh, yeah, sure, here. But if you don't ask, you will not receive. Mm. I don't know if there was a disparity beforehand and more people than we think never bothered to tip or put out the proverbial quarter. I'm not sure if this is more knee-jerk for that because the one thing you'd figure is we just want business. We want people here. We understand there's a level of I'd like to recoup some of my losses through the pandemic, but there's not a reality of that with people's budgets, with how many other people are saying, yeah, I would like someone to pay me money through the pandemic to stay home, but they didn't. So there are ways where directly people are... um, putting in the effort to make back that money, right? Which right. is raising their prices. Okay. We're already, you know, annoyed with that, but we get it. We can understand. We get the legitimacy. Yeah. Uh, things cost more now. Oh yeah. Exactly. And what it costs more and it's because they're trying to recuperate all that, the loss. But this, you know, 18%, 20%, 22% when you're buying a pop at a fast food chain or whatever like i'm being a bit dramatic but still it's similar enough right where you walk up to the counter with your product or you order and then you had to put in a tip this is this can't be the replacement of the tip jar right tip jar is like when we used to have money uh in cash and then you throw in your change or something like that and that even was understandable to me but we've all moved to debit and credit and now uh, the tips are almost mandatory like everywhere i go i'm seeing the tip option for simple Mm. over-the-counter purchases and i really don't get it i don't think that i should be put in this awkward position well it used to augment places such as if you ordered a pizza you pay you tip the driver because they weren't paying him what you would As think much. a person would get per hour. So they right. said, look, you just keep your tips. You're out there. You get them. They're and if front you get, line. We yep. understood that certain places, you, they're not paid what you would think they'd be for the service they're providing because we're to do our part and tip. Um, mm-hmm. the, most of the places we're talking about when you talk and, and Bill, I think further in that item, as we were talking off the top of the show about it, uh, the, the lady said, I was asked to tip for buying stuff for my six, six week old. And, yeah. you know, you stop and say, but that's online. Who, who's the processor Oof. there other than the people putting it on, you know, out or setting it aside before Amazon gets it to ship to you. Yeah. And you know what too, because of the online thing that just made me think of something when you're on Uber Eats. You can tip like multiple Tons. times. Yep. You can tip yes. for the driver. Then they would the appreciate a tip for the store itself. Then they want you to tip the whoever, like, I don't know. Okay, And I'm, then your service charges. Exactly. So I'm thinking my burger was 10 bucks, but this is a $40 meal now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, but, um, but it's the convenience billing. Are you willing to pay that? And I don't even know what before the pandemic, the list of places, and I'd be so embarrassed if I went somewhere and didn't really realize it's proper decorum to give a tip. There Mm, are certain places Mm -hmm. I didn't really think about it. You know, I think if you, when I would go into Tim Hortons, grab a coffee and walk out, I never really thought of the person behind the counter, aren't you going to tip them? Do I need to tip someone at Tim Hortons? Apparently. I have not been doing that. Yeah, I, I I had to start because I felt silly, like Whoa. when I was still working in Toronto, and I learned this. But see, that's the thing. So, was that the cash jar thing, like the tip jar where you just toss in no. your change? No, I would just on your debit give it to the person who probably I was paying, and I hoped that they had a communal jar. Oh man! Other coffee shops, though, I do know of the that's tip brutal. jar. Then it then it 
it begs the question, you know, are people just really not getting paid enough anywhere? Well, they, well as the article suggested, we should pay these people a normal wage, but I think they'll still want more money. I wish they were paid a normal wage. Right. So, so what wage. about you, Bill, as a person who's gone over the years to restaurants and so on, need somebody maybe to read a menu to you or whatever? I have always felt I do tend to ask maybe a little bit more of the server. It doesn't mean I get it. it. Than other people, so therefore I I will judge my tip on the quality of That's help right. I've been given. If they're reading something to me, if they if I say, can you show me where you know, point me in the direction of the bathroom? Well, sir, you know, hang on to my elbow or whatever, and I'll watch for you coming back to mm-hmm. get get you back to your table. Understand that kind of thing. I I I would be totally offended by somebody yeah. who would not tip in that case, uh, and for good manners. I was always uh, somebody who's pleasant to me always. Um, one more issue that the article brought up, which is interesting, is there's no law in Canada that says how much tips can be, and there's no law that no, says no, no. you can't. Like if you tip a restaurant, you 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 don't know how much where your tip is going, how no, much of the tip is going to the cook, how much is going to yep. the server, and I think that you should have the right to tip. Let's say the food was good, the server the service wasn't. A lot of a lot of these restaurant owners they split all the tips up. No, the or person in the kitchen they, may never yeah. see yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. Too, but again, it, it goes back to why do we tip? What are the intentions behind the tip? Are we trying to make sure that everyone gets paid? Because that seems unacceptable to me. People should be getting paid uh, well. A salary. Yeah. A living wage. Exactly. And then the other thing is, like you said, Kels, we're put in predicaments. It doesn't have to be predicament. It could be positive. Where because of our disability, we require and ask for extra assistance and support. And when that's given to us with a smile on their face... I do tip better because I, I appreciate them, right? What I appreciate the customer service. Then you come back there and that person says, yeah, that's that jerk that, you know, yeah, didn't really. That's, uh, yeah. Like you, you, you also, some people will think of it that way that, well, I better make sure come in here. They're going to, mm. ju- I might be put in the same there category as the cursing time. rude person going <laughs> through the drive through right? Right, right. Um, and yeah. as for the you know, people in the back, the chefs. I think they're viewed in a different way. So they're paid that living wage we're talking about in a, in the case of a full-time job. And again, folks, don't mean to suggest experts on what the lineup is. Mm-mm. Many of you out there who have worked in these circumstances could t- tell us what for. And maybe you're on Twitter now saying, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. But these are kind of some of the things we can take away, especially as disabled people, knowing I know I feel I was raised. They're giving you smiles. They're pleasant. Give them a yeah. proper tip, please. It's, it's our biases, right? Yeah. Let alone the assistance I might need. It's not my fault if the if the menu is inaccessible, and that's <laughs> yeah. kind of you <laughs> that's know, true too. We could definitely go down that road. That's right. And so, <laughs> yeah. well, of course, we want to send the I manager. I wouldn't need your help if I could read this. <laughs> that's right. You know, send the manager. He can read it to me. I don't mind. He's paid differently. <laughs> Pet detection, a growing industry in China. So millions of people in China... This actually comes from Global Times. Never seen this one before. Mm. But millions of people in China have pets. 
So the industry that is growing in leaps and bounds is if you lose a pet, like a private detective, they will find help you find the pet. So they use urine samples and they, they use um, infrared. They use electric, they said electric noses. I have no idea what an electric nose is, but um, apparently they will help you find your pet, like the private detective, Valerie Queen or whatever. <laughs> um, kind of interesting. So how um, many people are losing their pets, though? This is what I'm curious about. Well, I don't know how many people are losing them, but millions of people have them. Have uh, pet detectives. No, have pets. Have pets now. Oh. <laughs> because of the pandemic. <laughs> it's like, wow, yeah. that rose so fast. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, most people are, have pets now. But, uh, I mean, if this service itself is rising in popularity, it makes me think, like, what is happening? Or is it outdoor cats? You know, what kind of the pets are getting dogs. lost? Yeah. I got I got to look dogs. up the electric nose. You've got me now so curious because I, I imagine this 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 nose like looking thing. like thing moving along, little like mm. a like a like a drone, just doing a big old sniff, looking you yeah. know hunting out you know pets. Well, they actually the other thing is they will teach you how to take care of your pets because apparently a lot of people in China and maybe others other places don't know how to take care. Well, I think you so got a lot really, of people who, who got pets who maybe went online, did yeah. what they could to a point, but there was so much purchases and stuff going on that probably people found themselves a little deep in water when, when yeah. they did so. And unfortunately, we're finding that out now. When uh, anyone interested, I, I just, I got to go back to work. I can't keep Charles, you know, so uh, I, I think that that's become, become an issue. Brown Bear Raids California 7-Eleven for candy bars. You're going to love this. So if they're chocolate. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. I, 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 yeah. I think they're, I hope they, well, I don't know whether the, you know, oh, whether yeah, they, they have were. to be. There have to be I some. guess so. Oh, yeah. Bear with a chocolate sweet tooth. <laughs> they call it a polite bear. So this uh, proprietor of this convenience store heard the door open, right? So he looks down and see, he thinks it's a person. But of course, it's a bear. And what is really interesting about this bear is it takes one or two candy bars at a time out, eats them, comes back, grabs two more, eats them, comes back. He got addicted to them. Two more. Yeah. But the <laughs> thing, Sugar addiction, man. We know all about it. Oh, boy. Well, I only he broke one door work. to get in there. So yeah. I just kept a figure of, since Jeez, I did the damage. Is it okay for them? Oh, they like honey, huh? right? Like this is. Or yeah, I guess even. so. But to think that he that, that he only took two at a time, and, and like as as the article said, well, it's a polite hands, bear. Billy. Yeah, well, I guess so. <laughs> I kind of like that. The only thing is the damage to get in probably made him a little rude, unless he found out, actually found a way to nudge the door open or whatever and came in. Maybe that's what happened because it is a Seven Eleven. So. Maybe it was open around the clock and he just came in. Um, I mean, I've heard of them breaking into all sorts of stuff, whether it's oh, cottages, bakeries, and stuff like that in small towns. Um, it's it's phenomenal <laughs> what, where, where they show up. I mean, we've had bears show up here in London. Uh, but I, I can't imagine that rum. No, I can't either. And I think it's so cute, though, that he just kind of 
waited. I, I mean, I'd be terrified, regardless, yeah. regardless oh, yeah. of the bear were the not bear charging or me. Or if you were standing in there and up beside you, no, you'd no. I'll take a couple of Obviously, if I was mind. a bear, I'd be fine. But <laughs> if I was the person, the cashier, it was like it sounds reasonable enough, right? The bear's coming in, you 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 take your time, you assess the situation, you're like, okay, he just wants chocolate. All right, enjoy yourself, and then when you leave, I'll lock the door. The door. But still, <laughs> yeah. I'd still be terrified because you don't know. Well, you no, don't know. What if all this he's... time the bear just didn't notice me? Well, you know, and then all or, of a sudden, or, after the third the candy bar, empty. looks around and he looks over yeah. and says, "Well, I guess I'm done here. How are you? <laughs> oh, I taste you. terrible. I'm not as good as chocolate. Right, right. Oh, wow, uh, Billy, did so he do cute, damage though. getting in there? No, no, I don't think so. Because the guy, I, it didn't say that. So I guess the door. Would have been open. He yeah. just pushed it open. Maybe pushed the it catch open. was off. That's what he, yeah. His nose, he just came in. Yeah. And the, the bell That's would right. ring. Oh, so yes, may I help you? <laughs> Can you imagine that? You're behind the counter. Good day. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But the, and I bet next time he moved the candy bars after they, when they replenished and, and cleaned out, I bet he moved the candy bars as far away from the counter as possible. Behind the counter. <laughs> yeah. Behind the counter. I'd be gone, though. As soon as the bear said, hey, uh, you move them. Yeah, and I'm moving me, too. See ya. Help mm. yourself. Theater Company unites for special anti-censorship podcast. So there's a theater company that is going to put out a podcast, and they believe that the play that that too many plays are being censored. They basically feel that there are playwrights that are that are basically being snuffed out um, because they deal with sexuality and and orientation and and this sort of thing. They want to promote these plays. And, you know, when I read the article, I'm thinking to myself, are we have we not moved on? I thought under President Biden, we were would be more liberal about these things. But apparently there are, you know, whenever this civil rights thing comes up and people want to make it better and expand it, it's it it gets squashed. And it's like, I, I mean, don't theater groups have the right to? Oh, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But I think, I mean, when it comes to schools and this sort of thing, they're afraid of the kids being, uh, you know, may, maybe orientated and or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this stuff is just. Uh, <clears throat> I feel that no matter who the, our leadership is, and no matter how much exposure to we have to the we have to the rest of the world, etc. Uh, I think that it's it's clear that this is just going to be an ongoing issue that we face. There's always going to be somebody or a group of people or someone in authority um, who believes that censorship is still the answer. And so that's why it's a constant battle. And I guess when it comes to theater, I thought it might be a bit more open. And and the fact that, you know, you're not talking about radio advertising or TV advertising. How many people no. go to a theater? How much of an impact would these plays have? I mean, 
They would, though, because of the educational aspect, right? You know, how many times do our uh, did our teachers pick up a play or a book or a play based on a book or a movie based on a play? Like all of these things have such ripple effects. And so if somebody decides, no, no, this content is not appropriate for this grade or this school or this district, um, that's it. That's all it takes. Mm. Then you're having this big conversation on censorship. Well, I guess it's part of a larger conversation, too, is when it comes to books. We've talked about books. We've talked about yeah. movies. And now we're talking about theater, about plays. <laughs> well, Band Book Day is one of our favorite <laughs> days of the year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It's it's interesting when you so. think about it. It's so, so ironic. And, you know, what, what we see, this is no longer great literature. This is no longer great play. This is, yeah. you know, or and we can't even say great. It's. Uh, acceptable, I guess, is what, yep. yes, mm-hmm. acceptable, appropriate, which gets tough. Bill Shackleton is a usual suspect on our show, Kelly and Company. You can catch Billy sneaking around the studio on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more of the buzz. All right, see ya. The Best of the Buzz with Bill features Bill Shackleton, Kelly McDonald, Ramya Amuthan, and Brock Richardson of the AMI show Kelly and Company. The technical producers of this podcast are Matt Agnew, Jeff Ryman, and Grace Scofield. The manager of AMI Audio is Andy Frank.